I, I'm looking at it in a very metaphorical sense. Just like the disease of becoming a vampire. Mm-mm. Like you, people may not realize, they're not aware that they have this disease. How are you? I'm okay. Just okay? Yeah, I'm just okay. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm glad that you were at least okay, even if it's just okay. Have you ever responded with anything less than okay to how are you? I will often say, I could be better. Oh, that's nice. I think I always say I'm fine. Yeah. I'm fine. Yeah. And then I like make sarcastic jokes and hope that we change the subject. (laughs) (laughs) I do feel like recently I've been trying to be at least a little bit more honest. That's good. I haven't. Like the other day, some after a long day, I was like returning something or whatever. Mm -hmm. And the the person was like, oh, hey, how's, how's it going? And I was like, well, today was insane. And not great, but I'm here. And fine. <laughs> well, I think it's good that you were honest. I try. I'm trying. I'm not great at it, but I'm doing what I can. So, hi. Welcome. This is That Sounds Legit. He's Seth, and I'm Andy. I guess we kind of covered how we are. Which is... Okay, less than okay and less than fine and uh, everything's hard and horrible and okay and super great at the same time. It's a weird mixture of everything. Yeah, uh, in the car today, so our fun activity was to go to Rite Aid, (laughs) which we've never been to. Uh, It was not that fun. It was the wrong aid. Yeah, it was not that fun. Um, and then we drove around our neighborhood and Seth informed me of the newest decision to not continue COVID payments, but to fund, uh, the military, a ton of money into like new FBI, new FBI buildings and such airplanes and military weapons to which I didn't respond with any verbal words (laughs) so that was our fun activity for the day what were your week highlights okay so week highlights aka Uh, seth has been gone for eight days he got back yesterday afternoon i'm so happy he's home so i would love to hear your week highlights yeah yeah so we missed uh, a week of podcasting which is my fault entirely but i was fortunate enough to have some work a job. yeah uh, i was on the east coast for a little bit and we followed you know all the you know the protocols and had to get tested and do all these things 
which my test came out negative, which was good. That's a great thing. Yeah, that's a great thing. What were the airports like? Normal, kind of normal, except that just it's just weird. <laughs> are they still serving food? Like, are restaurants open in the airports? I yeah, yep. It, but different. I think it's like pre-made stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I don't. We were kind of in a rush coming and going, so we didn't have a lot of time to look around. But you know, it's masks. Everybody were wearing masks, and then on the plane, you, they don't do like the beverage service. Mm-hmm. You can't buy drinks. You can't buy food or snacks. It's just kind of like a pre-packaged. Like it's like a big Ziploc bag that has like a water, a tiny water, a tiny water, um, some napkins, and like like two little snacks, mm-hmm. and that's kind of it. I mean, I'm okay with that because in my mind, when I travel, I want to like be prepped for two weeks and like have all homemade meals, yeah. <laughs> which hasn't really ever happened before. But now, now we should all just do that because who wants to eat Cheez-Its and coffee crackers? I was no think- one. I was thinking, dang, I wish Andy would have bought a lot of <laughs> snacks for me to have. Yeah. But so what were your week highlights? What was the best moment of the last week for you? Yeah, I would say that, honestly, I was just happy for the work. And there was fewer people. I mean, a lot fewer people than normal. So it was very taxing and hard. Mm -hmm. But ultimately, I was happy to be working. And I do think the product was ended up good. And yeah especially given the resources put into it. Mm-hmm. So that was, a, that was a good thing. I had some good food. What was the best thing you had while you were away? Some sort of aged steak. That sounds nice. Yeah, I wish I remembered more about it, but, but it was good. And I'm happy to be home. What are your week highlights? Um, nothing. Nothing. <laughs> Your week highlights don't consist of anything. I'm going to sound very codependent, which probably basically I am. Because it's true. Yeah. Uh, I don't do fantastically when Seth is gone. And on top of that, I don't do fantastic when Seth is gone during a pandemic and we literally cannot do anything. <laughs> um, so my week highlights would be... I don't know. I think that I kept it easy. Like I didn't put a lot of pressure on myself. That's not a weak highlight. Uh, (laughs) Every that sounds like normal. Yeah. No. 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 That's not no normal. Normal me is like please do twenty seven things in a day. So when you're gone, I'm like please do three things a day. But you, when I'm gone, you also like ration out food and eat like rice and water. Yeah. I think so that was probably a highlight so <laughs> the sad, rationed food sadly we got one of those like funny coupons where it's like get hello fresh and save like three hundred dollars so we were like okay this will be helpful so that i don't have to even think about meal planning and whatever so we did like a month of hello fresh and our first week came while seth was away side note seth was supposed to only be gone for a certain number of days that got extended which meant then I had to eat food that we quote unquote both picked out. So like I had to cook chicken and steak by myself, which I don't cook a lot of meat. 
Seth cooks the meat. <laughs> we're very basic like that. Um, so my days were very slow in the fact that I took the dog on walks and I just tried to be okay. And then at the end of the day, I would cook a HelloFresh meal and uh, try to go to sleep early. Um, so that was a highlight for did, me. Did I you think. watch any good shows? Yes, I did. Yeah, I did. So I watched the uh, Zac Efron <laughs> Down to Earth, I think is what it's called. It's on Netflix. I don't know. I was aka very out of shows to watch. And, and like that's like a documentary kind of show? Yeah, like a travel like show? Travel learning. To me, it's like travel slash, slash like PBS. Like, is it, it food based? No, it's not food based. It's more like... I felt like it was like, hey, America, look how awesome everywhere else is about doing X, Y, and Z. Mm. We should be like this, which I appreciated. (laughs) Um, So the first two episodes, I was kind of like, yeah, I don't know. (laughs) Um, But... I watched all of them, and I re- I just liked like the message hmm. of the whole thing. Of basically, they go to different countries and they show how these countries are doing something really right for the humankind. Um, and it it doesn't highlight that America's not doing it, but it is it it is opening up that like valve in your brain to be like. Why aren't we doing this here? How could it be Other different? countries are doing this. Why aren't we? Um, so I appreciated that. So I definitely like that. And then I did watch the new season of In the Dark, which what, you have no idea what this what show is. What is that? I watched the first season of that by myself. That, are you afraid of the dark for adults? No. The main character is like a blind woman, and she has like a guide dog. I think I watched the first season like a year ago. The new season just came out. So while you were gone, I also watched that. Um, I would have to say like, I'm not so into the second season because character wise, I don't know. I have a hard time. So the first season I'm like rooting for people and second season, their character development has kind of like uh, jumped off a cliff. So like (laughs) everyone just seems kind of bad. So it kind of leaves you in this place of like, do I root for you or do I not? How is this going to get better? And I still enjoyed it, but I am, I am a little like, I don't know where this is going. Is that another serial killer show? No, it's kind of like a, mm, it's like, house slash law and order it's like a crime dark rom-com okay yeah that sounds fascinating (laughs) yeah um so those were my week highlights that's pretty cool what were your week low lights low lights i got no sleep i think at one point i was up for like at least 24 hours really i think so when one of the days one of the days um yeah i I also yeah bit off more than i could chew i think even for me there was like two days where you after the fact told me you like 
didn't set your alarms correctly. And so like you got woken up by people knocking on your door, which to me is like a clear sign that like... I was delusional. Yeah. Like if you didn't set your alarms correctly to wake up and you woke up because someone knocked on your hotel door, that's not a good sign for your sleep. Yeah. Yeah. There were points where we were very delusional. I think if I had a weak low light... (laughs) Um, Andy, what was your week low light? Thanks. Um, I think crying in the shower. <laughs> crying in the shower. Like, so I'm going to preface. A lot of people find crying in the shower therapeutic, and that's their time to just be like, I'm letting all this go. I'm crying in the shower. I'm good. If I cry in the shower, it's more of a distress signal. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so I think I had one or two times that I cried in the shower and I was kind of like, yeah, this isn't, this isn't good. (laughs) (laughs) This seems wrong. Yeah. Which, but because that happened, I think I was like much more hardcore of like, I'm getting in bed at this time. Like I was very structured Mm. in my, in my day when I did things. Did that happen early on? Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Good to know. Yeah. Glad, I, glad I'm finding out about that now. Yeah. Well, but that's also the thing. And I think people who have people who have to work outside of the home or far away, it's like when they're doing hard things far away, you're not like, hey, just calling because I cried in the shower. And it's like they're having an insane day and they're four hours time difference. Like, it's just different it's just different to respect the process that you're yeah. working on and like knowing it, it's knowing like what is really serious for me to tell you which there definitely are things like that but it's being okay to like figure it out for myself well i'm sorry that happened that's okay well, I hope that this next week picks up and that you're not crying in the shower anymore. <laughs> but it's okay. That's part of being a person. Yeah. Yeah. Things, things are hard right now. Oh. Sorry. <laughs> um, did you have any shows, movies, songs, etc. that you wanted to share? No. No. I didn't watch I don't anything. Think, yeah, I don't think you had a lot of time. Even on the plane, I couldn't even just watch slept. anything. I just tried to sleep. Mm-hmm. But I have that like weird amnesia sleep where I have like crooked, like some like weird animal on its back with its mouth open. Um, and then I like wake up and I'm like all groggy and disoriented. Yeah. But at least the mask hid my mouth this time. Oh, that's, that is that's nice. A plus. It is nice because, yeah, when Seth falls asleep on plane, <laughs> when he falls asleep a lot of time, his mouth is, like, wide open. Um, so, yeah, I definitely think you'd be less embarrassing wearing masks. <laughs> <laughs> you mean just in general? Yeah. Like, uh, if you just wore a mask over your face, I'd yeah. be less embarrassed. Yeah. Maybe I'll, I'll get a gay... Uh, <laughs> I don't even know what I'm trying to say. Maybe I'll get an inside mask for you. See so that you don't have to be embarrassed oh, no. by me. Like a horse trough. <laughs> like the feed buckets they wear on their faces. <laughs> I'll just put fruit snacks in it. Ugh. Okay. So to end podcast announcements, 
I'm just Andy, here to say. Did you have any songs? Or no, no, okay. I don't. I mean, I might, but I don't really. Um, don't forget to make good choices. Make good choices. Please make good choices, everyone. We should all vote, too. Make good choices. Save the post office. Yeah, please save the post office. Uh, today I mailed something and I bought a book of stamps, even though I'm terrified of writing letters at the moment because I want to save mm. the USPS. So send some letters. Be a pen pal. Send your grandma a letter. Send your sorority sister a letter. Send your fifth grade football friend a letter. I don't care. Just please (laughs) send someone a letter. I wish I had a fifth grade football friend. (laughs) Um, Fun fact, Andy wanted to be a mailman at one point. No, I still kind of do. So Do we need to talk about this? I don't No, I don't think we have. Uh, I fluctuate between feeling sad that I'm not a postal service worker, the person who actually gets to drive the truck and deliver the mail, or being a firefighter. Except the one who maybe stays inside the truck? Yeah, I don't know. Even this past week while you were gone, I was kind of like, could I be a firewoman? (laughs) And then I thought about like what their like test is their like physical test they have to go through and i'm like i don't know i don't know if i could do it but like everything in me wants to be a post person or a fire person but i don't know if i could actually do either one but i admire both and i love both careers i support both of those services very noble careers sacrificing yourself for the benefit of others okay so uh seth this week what's our topic this week our topic is vampires vampires finally something spooky we've talked about spooky stuff yeah we do we talk about spooky stuff i had a main question a main question or a mean question (laughs) main Okay, I have a mean question. (laughs) Did you like vampires in high school? In high school? Yeah. Why is it specific to high school? I don't know. Like, were you aware or, like, into vampires in high school? Like, goth? No, no. Just, like, was that part of your world in (laughs) high school? I don't think so. Okay. I will say, the first halloween costume i remember wearing was a vampire okay your mom let you do that apparently oh okay were you into high school vampires yeah i was into vampires since i was a little kid but what what about the high school vampire what is appealing i love the movie with uh brad pitt and tom hanks interview with a vampire which was before when they made vampires look like hot and sexy like brad pitt and tom cruise were like gross they had like long nails and like pasty skin and like were kind of weird but like i love that movie and you said tom hanks oh tom cruise (laughs) i was like what movie are you talking about tom cruise and brad pitt (laughs) 
And yes. Kirsten Dunst yes. was like the child girl. Didn't they have like w- like weird, dirty nails and stuff? They had dirty, long nails and like no muscles and it was weird, but I was like fascinated with the movie. What, what, but what about it fascinated you? I don't know. I don't know. So since, since then, and I think I watched that when I was probably like 10, 11, or 12. So since then, I was kind of like, what is this? I'm trying to think. Maybe I'll look up now. What other movies were... Vampire movies vampires. were around when we were in high school. I think boys really liked that, like, really violent, like, Van Helsing. Blade. Or Blade. Yeah, I there was, that like, one. there was, like, two. I wasn't into those. I've actually never even seen them. So I was into, like, the romantic feeling ones. Mm-hmm. And I also think I probably shouldn't have watched Interview with a Vampire, but I did. But the one thing I do love is like it was pre Twilight, pre Vampire Diaries, and so the vampires were just represented very differently <laughs> and non sexily. Let's see, there's here's a few. We are the night, two thousand ten, thirty days of night, two thousand seven, Underworld, two thousand three, I did see that one. Daybreakers, two thousand nine, um, more of the underworld, Fright Night, but that was two thousand eleven. I don't remember any of those. Let's see. We graduated in 2005, so this is a very specific era in cinema. Queen of the Damned? Nope. Nope. How about Shadow of the Vampire? Nope. I watched, like, classic vampire movies. I didn't watch boy thriller drama vampire movies. Sorry. That's fine. So, okay. We established that. So what's the difference between liking or believing in vampires? If you think they're real. (laughs) But like, how can you like something but not believe in it? I mean, I think people like fantasy because it's like otherworldly and it's not real. Hmm. So so you think you liked all this stuff because you believed in it? No, no. That's like my thing is like, I like vampires, but I don't believe in them. But you saying that means like I'm in the same category of people who like fantasy makes me not happy. <laughs> I'm not into that. Well, it's it's not it's just liking a fictional story. It's not so much like It's not a story though. What do you mean? <laughs> It's not a story. It's a way of thinking. Vampires are like a way of thinking about something that's very human. It's not like a made-up story like Lord of the Rings. To me, like fantasy is Lord of the Rings. But how is that different than the whole mythology of vampires? Because vampires are a direct representation of like our uncertainty around death. So what's Lord of the Rings about? I'm not the right person to okay. answer this question. <laughs> okay. But I would say that there is is probably latent with tons of metaphors about life and death and journey and mission and Yeah, but if you overcomplicate something, that's the thing. Vampire it's about death and our uncertainty with death. It's not like our hero journey and then our whatever it's not like this huge like climatic up and down like process and journey. It's just like death. Vampires are about death. To me, like Lord of the Rings and like other fantasy, it's about like 
this gross Joseph Campbell journey that I don't believe in. You and your anti-Campbell hate him. Rhetoric. Hate him. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about this more because I think there's a lot there. Get real opinionated. But uh, so on that same topic, mm-hmm. it's like, what about elves and fairies? Yeah, they were so real before any dumb person like Joseph Campbell wanted to, like, bring him into a story. Joseph Campbell did not write Lord of the Rings. (laughs) Andy. Yeah, you're right. What did he he write? He did a lot of things. J.R.R. Tolkien. Is he, like, also Christian? Uh, Is he the one? I think maybe. Did he also write, like, Witch in the Wardrobe? No, that's not. You're thinking of Narnia. Who wrote that? I don't know. Look it up. But Lord of the Rings is filled with elves and fairies and all kinds of magical things. To me, they are like uh, George R.R. Martin. They're they're like a perverted version (laughs) of folklore. They are these weird old men who take folklore and pervert it into their own story. Well... Tell me, please tell me what was perverted about Lord of the Rings. The fact that it's all incredibly fake and nowhere near being real. (laughs) Well, Interview with a Vampire sounds fantastic then. What's perverted about it? The whole thing. The fact that like hobbits are real or fairy people are real or like... Are they saying that they're real? Yeah. No, they're not. They're not saying that they're real? No, then it, why would they depict the characters? And what's this the is point a of the movie? fake movie, as most movies are, and it's about metaphors. No. No. Who, no. who is watching that thinking, this is real? This is everyone, history. Everyone who is into it thinks it's real. I'm going to have to stop right here because... <laughs> I'm, I, I would just like to apologize to everyone who is offended by Andy <laughs> comments. I have lived every day up until right now believing that people who are into Lord of the Rings like it because they want that to be real. So you're saying that they like it for another reason? It's, they like it. It's interesting. They like it because they it's want that world to be real. It's no different than like no. Star Wars or Star Trek. No. It's not like people think it's real or they want to be real. They want to be some like perverted cosplay character to do some weird thing with other people. That's what I've thought. There may be people like that, but you need to remove that as your general consensus of people who are interested in that. Then I need to talk to someone who actually likes it. Our next episode will be Andy interviewing somebody who likes Lord of the Rings. By the way, C.S. Lewis wrote, Chronicles of Narnia. Uh, yeah, I respect him a little bit more than yeah, whoever than being wrote a weird perverted cosplay artist. Wow, I, this really took a <laughs> turn for the worse. I orders. really, really thought nobody thinks it's real. Would you say the same thing about Harry Potter? People believe that's real because I don't see how it's any different. I think there's a majority of people who are just super into it and like it, but I think there is also a group of people who are taking it way past anything that's just like fun to be a part of or watch or read or listen i feel like you can probably say that about almost any kind of movie there's going to be people who are cult fans but that's why you're saying like vampires are just like this weird fantasy thing and i'm like i'm not into weird fantasy things but i like vampires i'm not saying that vampires as a whole are a weird fantasy thing but they are i mean 
are they yeah because that's why you have like the whole like sect in new orleans of people who actually like think like they're drinking people's blood and like they're weird well yeah that's different than people who really like lord of the rings no (laughs) okay let's talk about something else okay cool (laughs) so what else do you have to say about vampires um and and your high school experience with them so i think i did want to say like i've always liked vampires i've Mm -hmm. never really believed in vampires but i've thought they were a very like poetic storytelling version of like the unknown and the uncertainty Mm -hmm. around death which to me i found fascinating even as like a young child um I've always, so I've, I'm very melancholy. I'm very, I'm a downer. I'm I'm sad. I like sad songs. I like sad movies. I'm not like going to say like, I'm super into death, but like. You you are a fan of the macabre. Yeah, that's the word that I need. Um, But I've also very, I've really been into folklore. Yeah. Um, so I think I've always been into the folklore around vampires. And so like, I think I like straddle. It's like, I have, I have this grasp that's like, I'm interested in both, both ways, but that's where it's like, for me, I want to go back to Lord of the, like, what's the other, what's the rational straddle of Lord of the Rings? Like I can see what the rational side of the straddle of vampires is or trolls or fairies i can see the other side of like what the human brain is trying to do but for fantasy like star trek or lord of the rings like what's the rationale on the like actual smart human side it's like good versus evil like doing the right thing and having like i just don't get that though I mean, that's too black and white. But it's just, uh, Harry Potter is the same thing. No, it's not. Then Harry is, Potter is not black and white. Then how it's is it not. not? How is it not black and white? How is it black and white? It's good versus evil. No, because no, because Harry and Ron and Hermione make a ton of choices that aren't right. Right, because they're humans, and as humans, you are trying to do the best thing, but sometimes you aren't making the right decisions, and you learn from your mistakes. So are you just saying I'm not into fantasy of Lord of the Rings or Star Trek? Yeah, I know that. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> so I'm not sure. So we didn't talk about this. I'm not sure what your angle is on vampires. Mm-hmm. I do. I did want. I, I wrote down several notes of the things that I felt because. So I'm coming from this aspect of. I think vampires are fascinating because I think they show us the human nature of like being scared and uncertain about death. Uh-huh. And then I have I wrote down several things about like uh, like burial practices. So like it's like ancient burial practices that people did because they were so afraid of like is this person dead? Are they going right. to make it to the other side? And believing that if things weren't done a certain way, then maybe that wouldn't happen and that would be bad for them. That would be bad for the people who are alive. Yeah. So that kind of stuff 
I think is very interesting. So those are most of my notes. I'm not sure what direction you've taken. So I think from there you should decide if I go through that stuff or if we yeah. like go through some of the things you're yeah, thinking. Yeah, why don't you go? Because I don't, honestly, I don't have a lot on the whole like history and like mythological side. Okay. So. Go for it. Again, I really like vampires. And you hate Lord of the Rings. <laughs> and I hate lord of the rings you fell asleep in the theater watching it right yeah so vampires super into the folklore super like them don't believe in them actually right so some of the interesting things that i wanted to write down was that okay so to start off in slavic and chinese traditions any corpse that was jumped over by an animal, specifically a dog or a cat, was feared to become, quote unquote, undead and mm. turn into a vampire. So what that means, someone died. And for some reason, in the most basic terms, a cat or dog jumped over that dead body. Interesting. Those people would be like, it's a vampire. It's a vampire. And Why? Because they were scared. Because they were scared about death and they were scared about the afterlife. Which I think we all are. Yes. Or pretend so not even, to be. So that, but it's it's interesting to read that now and be like, that's silly. But it's, it's not silly when like, if you imagine years and years and years and years and years ago when there's no internet and no newspapers and no yeah. transfer of knowledge. It's just word of mouth for whatever reason those people are standing around and if the cat jumped over the dead body for some reason that that spoke to you in a way of like maybe they're not dead fascinating interesting also around the same time period if a body had a wound so a dead body if a dead body had a wound that was not treated with boiling water they were at risk for becoming undead aka a vampire which is horrible because it means like on top of dying if you had all these cuts and bruises and scrapes they poured boiling water over all of them to just make sure which the person's not alive anymore that's okay but they're basically like scolding the skin and the wound to make sure it's sealed off it's done nothing is continuing on weird that's weird also in russian folklore vampires were once considered to be witches or people who rebelled against the russian orthodox church interesting aka control yeah yeah so anyone who was thought to be against the norm or against the norm thinking or anything like that was labeled one first a, a rebel second a witch then they died then they were a vampire wow which i think just uh, you know puts that fear base into people of like yeah don't start that process don't be a rebel because then you'll be a witch and then when you die you'll be a vampire huh which uh, which 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 i think that you're right it's the fear of the unknown has been a major form of control throughout Mm -hmm. history which everything you're talking about, it kind of goes back to the fear of the unknown and death and 
what happens. And it's interesting to kind of tie it all back together and Mm -hmm. then see how people use that information, word of mouth, and communicate it and how it affects everybody. So I I didn't really look up a lot of like folklore on -hmm. it, but I did read a little bit on interviews with um, Guillermo del Toro Mm -hmm. because he does do a lot of work based off of vampires. And one thing I found interesting that he said is that there's kind of this combination of science and religion with with vampires because it is about death and the fear of the unknown and you know death being around the corner. And it's kind of this weird Mobius that the further you look into each, it kind of comes back to the other. So the further you like so with with religion, you know, the further you go into it to kind of understand what's happening or what happens mm-hmm. next, you kind of are then brought back into science and like the bio- biology and mm-hmm. the beginning of everything. And then also the opposite, the further you go into you know, all of that, the science and biology, you kind of come back around to like, there's just so much that we don't know. Yeah. Which, which is interesting to me. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, but I think that's the point of what this podcast is, is like question the questions. Like, I think one of the number one things that I learned in studying sociology is like death is scary. Death is scared humans since the beginning of time. Yeah. And vampires are a result of people being scared of death. Mm. And so whether that's like, are they really dead? And And I think like, before now that was that was a a scary thing like have they actually died like we don't know like we hope that they're dead and then like that transition into like we're pretty sure that they're dead but like are they going to come back to life like we don't know what the in between is between life and death we don't know what comes after so it's like this weird it's it's just this weird thing and and i think that come into like 2020 it's like take the uber religious swing and like yeah you'll find some very heavy points into biology and then if you take the other realm and you go all the way biology it makes you question that there has to be like some bigger like force or like unknown thing that's controlling things um so i think yeah I think that's why also it's just I think I've always loved folklore because of that because folklore always is trying to respond to those very deep human questions of like what is this about and how can I answer it and I like that a lot because I think that the idea of a vampire is Mm multi-layered I think death is at its core but even Guillermo talks about you know the symbolism of humanity's lust for power and youth Mm -hmm. and to me that really strikes a big chord because when i think about vampires i think about people who are walking around sucking the life out of people so i have this kind of personal connection to it where i feel guarded towards people and i view people as quote unquote symbolic vampires who are only out for the betterment of themselves and it's, it's like this disease that lives in people with this like insatiable like thirst to like get what they want. Kind of like, so think about all the vampire movies where it's, you know, some of them, some of the movies show them as 
these creatures of the dead. Mm-hmm. And some of them show them as like these, you know, fine. Vampire diaries. Yeah. <laughs> Which I think comes from like that and rice angle mm-hmm. of, of vampires. And that, that one is interesting to me. Vampire that, Diaries? Not the oh. show, but that angle. Oh. Because it is these people who are have this youth and this presence to them. This thing that is attractive and luring, kind of like a mm-hmm. predator. You know, it's like they, they are able to show themselves in a way that is attractive, that lures people in, who they then take advantage of. But I've always thought it was so interesting because I see the opposite of that, of like what a hindrance it would be to be stuck. So if you were, so, so all of those shows are like, I got stuck at 17 and like, here's my eternal body. And I've been looking 17 for 350 years, but it's like, if you actually think about what that actually means and feels like, that's very entrapping and really like horrible. So it, it's showing that like the aging process and like growing older and changing and physically developing and that movement in like your your human body is is needed in your growth of a, of a person. So yes, I agree that I think certain vampire lore has created like oh they're eternally young and like it's so great but it's like i think there's a flip side of like they miss out on so much because i think that aging actually like is a gift to people but like it's really scary to take that gift for what it is yeah i I agree with that and i think that i i'm looking at it in a very metaphorical sense just like the disease of becoming a vampire. Mm-hmm. Like you, people may not realize, they're not aware that they have this disease, which is to suck resources out of people, to use mm. people for their own good. But I think, I think that's interesting because to me, even that, that's the difference between an extrovert and an introvert because as an introvert, I'm like, no, like I don't think that... Because you wouldn't do that. I wouldn't. The, mom- the moment that I'm like... Oh, I think you're taking more from me than I want to give. I'm like done. Yeah. And I think as an extrovert, it might be a harder process to realize like, oh, you're kind of like sucking me dry here. I think that in my line of work, I've been exposed to that a lot. Yeah. Especially in the create quote creative world. When you have something that's an asset, people see that mm-hmm. and then people think to themselves like how can i use that for myself Mm -hmm. whether they're intentional about it or not it ultimately is what they're doing is like oh i'm gonna be friends with this person and then that way like we can do this stuff together and then it'll lead to this and then ultimately to Mm -hmm. whatever so i have a hard time trusting anybody yeah and it takes i feel like it takes a long time for me to really really trust people Mm -hmm. i mean i i will i will say that when i work with people new people i always give people the benefit of the doubt until I'm proven otherwise. Mm-hmm. My guard is all, always up, but until I'm, but at that moment when I'm proven otherwise, then I really have some guards up and I may continue, you know, to keep the relationship going, but mm-hmm. at a distance that is safe. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing with like people who like are your friends or like whatever, like even think about like your, that your cult experience, like, people who are charismatic, who believe in what they're doing. And so I'm, I'm looking at this in the sense of being in those worlds mm-hmm. where it's 
those relationships no longer exist. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, what was that? What was that scenario? Because if in that moment they're saying how important and valuable you are, but then you know, used down the road, they could care less about you. Yeah, you were a resource that was used up. It reminds me. So this was another show I watched that you didn't get to see a lot of, but Hannibal. Yeah. Um, so he, in Hannibal, he has like a psychiatrist that he uses throughout his journey of being Hannibal and, and she's given a lot of like basically shit because it's like, you knew what he was doing, like blah, 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 blah. And she's like, I was basically just trying to save my, my own life. Yeah. Um, and I think that's where, like, I lie. Because especially, like, if you reference, like, cultish things, there's never any moment that I'm like, cool, like, suck me dry. Right. I'm like, I have to figure out how you can right. take my blood but not kill me. Right. So, like, I have to figure out what this game is that, like, you get what you want and I get what I need to continue on. And still survive. And I think, and I think that's, that's like the funny thing too, because that leaves me now very able to be like, yeah, I'm not giving this person my time because like, I think it's taught me to see like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not gonna waste my time with people who are trying to suck things out of me that I don't want to give. Because I think we've both been in this scenario too often to when tables turn and you aren't needed and those people go away mm-hmm. then it, it's it's very hurtful that's like what what was all that like what yeah. was what was this whole thing so it, when we first pulled you know the topic of vampires i i never even kind of made this connection before but in my mind i was like that's what it is that's what it is to me mm-hmm. it's people who are taking advantage of me mm-hmm. and my whole interest is in protecting myself from that and being aware, just even being aware of like, okay, who's this shiny person in the room who is being charismatic, who is saying the right things, and is getting people to kind of like go with them to whatever they're doing. And it's and it's um, being cognizant of that and realizing, you know what? This isn't safe. Something yeah. here, yeah, I can, maybe I, maybe I tag along, but I tag along at a distance and I have an exit because... I don't want to go down a dark alley with this person. Yeah. I think that's the best way to represent a vampire in 2020. Right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. I also think it's really hard to pick those people out. Because they're so good at it Mm -hmm. that you don't see it till years later. Yeah. And to me, that's sad. Yeah. But to me, it also feels like that's the connection in 2020 and like... It's the same thing as in, like, a long time ago when people, you know, like, they they had to make sure, they had to make sure this person was dead. They had to make sure this person wasn't going to come back. They had to make sure those connections were severed um, in whatever way they felt like that was appropriate because human connection is such a strong and pulling force that it's scary and it's death is scary. It's it's like all these scary things that people are just trying to make sure and set up boundaries and rules and yeah. stuff. 
around. Which makes me want to think about you know, all of our topics mm-hmm. and about the correlation of the symbolism today mm-hmm. versus what it used to be. And, and maybe it's, it's personal. You know, maybe it's not a general idea, but mm-hmm. looking at things, right? Like that's the reason like folklore and mythology exist. Mm-hmm. It's to understand, you know, human problems and dilemmas and to learn from it and reference for personal growth. So it's funny when they were talking to, like Guillermo was talking about um, Bram, is it Bram Stoker? Mm-hmm. Or is it Bram Stroker? Stoker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was talking about when that, when that Dracula came out mm-hmm. and how it was a big deal. And people really latched onto it because it used modern technologies mm-hmm. that w- weren't you know, in previous vampire mythology. Mm-hmm. So it was very relevant to people yeah. and it became a big thing. So I, I haven't, haven't thought about this till now, but it's interesting to think about things in that same sort of lens mm-hmm. about where its relevance is to what's current. But that's what I think is so fascinating about the vampire lore is because I think that they've been able to do that jump. So I didn't really know that, which, so you're like, oh, Bram Stoker. So he took it from the original Dracula and he created like that one. A modern interpretation of it. But then also I feel like in the night, like I know that there is other ones before Interview with a Vampire, but (laughs) Interview with a Vampire came out and it was so relevant at the time. And so that's why we watch it now and we're like, this is kind of gross, but like it was relevant. And the thing that like Twilight did is they took Interview with a Vampire and they changed it to be relevant. And then what Vampire Diaries did is they changed it to be more relevant. And all you're doing with this story of like undead and death and like connection and and power and all of it is you're changing it to be a little bit more relevant and you're masking it to be look a little different so that people accept it a little bit more yeah anyway yeah, yeah. i know i totally agree yeah. with it and i think that's what good storytelling does is they take devices and story engines and make it applicable to what's going on right now and the other thing with guillermo is that movie chronos which was about a vampire. I think that was his f- directorial debut. That was the one with the weird bug. Yeah. yeah. The weird, like, <laughs> gold bug <laughs> the, that the bit people. Yeah, basically. Okay. What, what I liked about that and what he talks about, too, is it's talking about moral integrity. Mm-hmm. And so in that movie, there was a person who was seeking that out for that power and youth you know, mm-hmm. for personal gain. Mm-hmm. When this happened to him accidentally, he entered that. And when he had the choice, you know, to continue his life as a vampire, to do something bad or wrong and to mm-hmm. you know, consume blood, he chose not to. Mm-hmm. He made that decision to not do it mm-hmm. because it comes down to your decisions yeah. and your moral integrity and how it affects everybody around you. Make good choices. Make good choices. <laughs> That's a perfect pin on that little bow. Yeah. I mean, I guess I had some other, like, just interesting vampire 
notes to add. I think the thing that's really interesting with like topics like this is like there's almost like an endless supply of information. So we could talk about like how you defend against vampires. How do you tell if someone is a vampire? What do you do if you think someone is dying and they might be a vampire? Like there's endless, endless, endless information about all of that. Um, I focus just right now like on cultural burial practices that I found like so interesting. Um, that was like, this is what people did to help like their loved ones not become undead, hmm. aka a vampire. Yeah. Um, so one was to place a sickle with them in a grave. So a sickle is like if you think of like the grim grim Reaper, Reaper it's like that big sleeth sickle thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, so for whatever reason, they would place one of those in the grave. Really? Mm-hmm. To fight off death. Yeah, to fight off whatever. Wow. Yeah. Um, another is placing an obulus, which AKA that's just coin. So it's placing oh. like a metal coin and the dead person's mouth, uh, to quote unquote, pay their way into the next world. Interesting. Or you would place a wax cross and a piece of pottery that said, Jesus Christ conquers with the dead body. Huh. Um, another one that I specifically thought was superb was, uh, you would sever the tendons at the knees. Oh my God. So that they couldn't walk. Please don't sever my knees. Yeah. That, that, but again, I mean, all those, it's like the, the, the putting, the placing of things in a grave is kind of like, okay, the actual like severing of tendons is like. You're hardcore that you think this person might get up and walk again. And that's terrifying. That is crazy. Did you know that zombies come out of the vampire folklore? Yes. Okay. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, I did too. Today. Side note. (laughs) I watched Night of the Living Dead on VHS probably 23 times by by the age of eight. Okay. Which... I'm also saying, like, I should not have been allowed to do that. Sure. That, but that I makes did. sense, which makes me understand you more, yeah. obviously. Yeah. Tell, so tell me this. Do you know where that story comes from? Night of the Living Dead? Uh-huh. Like, where, where do where, where zombies? It, where it originates. Uh, I don't know. I feel like he'll tell me and I'll be like, yeah, but I don't know right now. So it came out of a book. Uh-huh. called I Am Legend from, okay. from the 50s. Uh-huh. And there's a lot of vampire... Like the Will Smith movie, I Am Legend? That That is also <laughs> an interpretation of the book. Okay. But there's a lot of stuff that came from that from that book, which yeah. is like a post-apocalyptic horror novel by uh-huh. the American writer Richard Matheson. Okay. That's the end of my fun fact. Okay. Yeah, but I can see it's like vampires. I think like zombies are more relevant now than vampires. Like someone would believe in a zombie apocalypse more than they would be like, vampires are going to ascend upon us all. And I think ultimately both of them are like this, this notion that like, are the dead dead and what happens after death? And like, what is that in between? Um, Which honestly, I think is just like, super silly 
Yeah, I think it's super silly. Yeah, but it's also disease-oriented at the same time. Yeah, yeah. Mm, yeah, don't buy into it. I do think, so, again, I think we might have several topics that, like, we revisit again yeah. because they're just so big and vague. vague. Um, this is our overall initial, it, it, like... Intro to vampires. Uh, we like them, but we don't believe in them, a.k.a. Also, side note, we did live outside of New Orleans for a bit of time. There are for sure people in New Orleans who think that they are vampires. Yeah. There's like a club there, a society. What you call it? A, a fraction. Cult? No. No. <laughs> Maybe. Would you um, join the vampire No. Club? No. I like poetic, romantic... <laughs> fictional writing vampires i do not like writing like written spoke written word oh not like guys who are writing or girls no yeah no i'm not i'm not into anyone who's like i'm a vampire (laughs) (laughs) yeah anytime anybody tells me they're a vampire it's a major red flag yeah red flags ice cream trucks vampires red flags yeah don't go I hope this was okay. I'm sure it was fine. Yeah. And hopefully you don't like Lord of the Rings because you probably didn't listen this far if you do. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for listening. Yep. Make your choices. (laughs) Goodbye. (laughs)